Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I am talking to author Erin E. Adams about why we need to stay out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, stay out of those trees. Don't go in there. Absolutely not. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am terrified of the woods to be honest. So this was, I'm like, yes, let's talk about why we should just not be there. (laughs) I don't know. For me, it's like, I'm the person, I'm the first person to be like, don't go in the trees. What are you doing? Stay out of there. But then people are like, what do you do to relax? And I'm like, oh, I go in the woods. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I just go, me and my dog, just hang out. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's oh this, I don't know this strange like uh, double consciousness that I feel yeah. I have to I inhabit because as much as they terrify me I also find them to be a very um healing and relaxing place but I think and we can we'll talk get into this I think that's like all of that's intentional like yeah. the place can be two things to the same person but for the record I am team stay out of the woods <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, people love camping. They love being in nature and find the healing and being surrounded by nature. But your book, Jackal, recently celebrated a one-year anniversary. Yes! Yay! It's been out in the world for a year. That was just like, what? Um, And then by pure just kismet, I had the same... uh, year one year anniversary of jackal was the publication date for out there screaming and i'm just like what what is this look at that look at you just like doing things (laughs) this week was just for you (laughs) yes yes i'll take it and my birthday is in october too so like okay for me it's the best month of the year spooky season birthday book stuff i'm here for it oh absolutely well for listeners that aren't aware can you tell us a bit about your book jackal yes um so jackal is this uh follows this young black woman named liz she grew up in johnstown to small um steel mill town in the rust belt she left home and has not been home for years and years and years for many many very valid reasons uh but when her best friend mel is getting married She decides, all right, she's going to tough it out. She'll go home for like, I think I say like 36 hours. That's it. In and out. At her best friend Melissa's wedding, Melissa's young daughter, Caroline, vanishes. Everything, just running is disrupted. Massive manhunt starts. And as uh, they're looking for the girl, Liz realizes that she thinks she's seen something like this before. And as more and more evidence comes to light, she realizes that there's been a series of missing girls uh, out of her hometown. And because they're all young black girls, they've been swept under the rug and dismissed for years and years and years. So now it is up to her to figure out what's really going on and to save her best friend's daughter and possibly save herself before it's Mm -hmm. too late. I loved Jackal. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, it was a very good story with a very good sense of place. And Mm -hmm. as someone who has lived in Pittsburgh for 10 years, so good to see Eaton Park representation (laughs) in literature. 
<laughs> oh my god i remember there used to be so like that section was much longer <laughs> Basically, we're like, okay, we got to cut down on word count. I'm like, it's like Eden Park must still be in there, but I can't stay in it for like 2,000 words anymore. <laughs> They're like, we got it. There are smiley cookies, and, and it's great. Dickies, oh my god, yeah. I love all day cookies. breakfast. <laughs> There's a salad bar. <laughs> Sponsor us, Eden Park. Yes, send me cookies. I love that. <laughs> They're so good. I'm, I don't know how I got on their email list, but I am on their email list. And <laughs> it's just always like, did you get your smiley cookie today? We have new smiley cookies, seasonal smiley cookies. So See, this is, this is a good reason that I'm not within a subway distance of Eaton Park because I would, my apartment would be full of smiley cookies. Um, <laughs> uh, but you also mentioned, yeah, you have a story in, uh, the anthology Jordan Peele edited out there screaming. Yeah. Exciting. It's super exciting. Uh, my story in out there screaming is called um, La Siren. It's a telling of, it's my version of the like Haitian mermaid folklore and focusing it through the lens of, I would argue the horrors of sisterhood and puberty, <laughs> like how you can both feel at odds with the, your siblings and at odds with your own body sometimes. Um, so yeah, that was, I am really proud of that story and I'm really excited to like see it and like, go, go off in the yeah, world and it's out excited. in the world. <laughs> I'm excited to get to it. I am a few stories into the anthology, so they're all so good they sent me the advanced copy you know wait like a few months ago and I had been like you know just thumbing through them for the past few like for over the couple weeks when I got Mm -hmm. the book and I was like all of these are bangers (laughs) this is so good (laughs) yeah um I think it's the I don't know if it's the N.K. Jemison story or the Rebecca Roanhorse story but it's about like the brother and sister that do like exorcisms or like I I'm terrible with as we were just, we yeah, were just it's, saying I'm it's terrible the, with titles and names. I'm like, it's yeah. that story. <laughs> yeah. It's the second story in the anthology, but um where I'm originally from Southern California and like Temecula, which is like the town next to Marietta, which is where I grew up. I was like, we get a shout out. We get a little shout out in this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But today we are talking about woods horror. And I mean, we have the classic like cabin in the woods. Why is horror in the woods so scary? Um, I think it's for a couple of different reasons. Uh, first off, I guess the way to kind of think about this, at least for me, I think about it as the woods is inherently at odds with civilization. And because think about it, it's the one place where when you go into, you literally like you don't know what you can eat in the woods. Like if you eat the wrong thing, you'll die. <laughs> like uh, when it comes to like building shelter and like how you have to clothe yourself and how you have to exist in the trees is sometimes super counterintuitive and so different from the way that we've been trained to like exist, you know, in society. And also, the woods is, you know, to borrow um, from the Netflix show, it, it is the upside down, like you're going into the upside down, so to speak. And so all of that, you just can get totally disoriented. 
And speaking of disoriented, it's also incredibly easy to get lost in the woods. There's that whole thing about if you even set off to um, go on a straight path, you will, no matter what, start to curve and inevitably end up walking in a circle, no matter what you do. Yeah. (laughs) They've studied it. And it's like the amount of people who've been lost off trails, like literally just off a trail, thinking they're going in a straight line. They actually are just going in circles over and over and over again. Um, so I think just that it's, it's disorienting on all levels, disorienting physically and disorienting when it comes to the roles of society and then therefore disorient, disorienting to the self. And that mm-hmm. creates a really good setting for horror, for it yeah. to be just really creepy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also, I feel like if you talk to people who do a lot of hiking and are on the trails. I feel like everyone has like a story of hearing voices or like that one night I saw something I couldn't explain and they're just, it's everywhere. Yeah, it absolutely is. Like just, and also the other thing about the woods is you can't see, depending on where you're, you can't see very far ahead of you. You only really have like a certain amount of radius ahead of you. It's not like the plains or it's not like, you know, in society where you can sometimes see like forever in front of you. It's like, you don't, you don't know what's coming. And, and also like a lot of the the creatures that survive in the woods, like animals, they have to be able to blend in and camouflage. So, yeah. and you know, humans inherently, we don't, we do, we do not look like trees. <laughs> like we are, you know, so we don't, we don't I blend Give in. me a good cake decorating kit a la Hunger Games. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god! Oh, Peter! Justice for Peter! (laughs) Yes, there's that. I mean, the things that are in the woods, they're suited to that environment. And, you know, we are out of our element. We are at an inherent disadvantage in that way. Yeah. Um, Absolutely not. There are... I think my distrust of the woods came from seeing the Blair Witch Project too young (laughs) i was so little and there's just so many images that like when you watch that as a child of like their tents shaking in the middle of the night like i keep like thinking that i see like stick figures hanging in trees like i'll psych myself out yeah that movie is so good at if you think about it, you only ever see, you see the stick figures and you see like that guy in the corner, <laughs> but you don't really, you don't see anything really gruesome. But my brain was like, there's this stuff off the camera and this just hiding behind this thing that I can't see. And I just like made up. It's so good at yeah. making you make up the most horrific things. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that scene where you just see her running and I don't I think the camera's facing out and you just hear like oh my god what was that and there's not really anything there but your brain your brain puts something there oh yeah your brain puts a ton of stuff there I that's like at least for for my money my favorite kind of like horror films are the ones that you don't get to like there's there's something there like let's be real there's something Mm -hmm. happening but they're not going to show it to you for a nice a nice long while if ever yeah I do think a movie that was good at that was the ritual where I think when it is finally revealed 
<laughs> like what it is. I'm like, oh my god. Because yes. I, I spent like most of the movie being like, oh, you know, they're not gonna gonna show it. It's just kind of gonna be implied that there's yeah. like something in the woods. We came upon this like random cabin with a lot of weird stuff. People are acting weird. Like it did feel satisfying. To yes. See. Yes. I love that one. I also love um I'm also because I was I'm, I'm a fan of a cheap trick. Um uh paranormal activity the first paranormal activity. Yes. Oh yes. it's so oh. good. It's so good. Oh, oh, just like the flower, the footsteps in the flower. Like, yeah. oh, my yeah. God. Oh, it's just, it just excellent, excellent when it comes to, like, it's like you do not need a massive budget to make something absolutely yeah. terrifying. Those movies creeped me out. And I remember in college, my roommate and I had, like, a paranormal activity movie marathon. And the sound design on those is <gasps> yes. so scary. And I remember, like, we both were, like, sharing headphones, and I would, like, take, like, the headphone out or, like, turn the volume down, and she would, like, force my hand and, like, keep the (laughs) headphone there and turn the volume all the way up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I am, as much as I love horror, and I write horror and read horror and and view it, I am a total wimp. (laughs) I like watching horror movies at home with all my lights on. like i'll watch it just like wait till it comes on streaming then i can watch it and i can control my surroundings yeah um but thinking really quick uh, you were saying like the first time you were like afraid of the woods i feel like (laughs) between my dad who kind of grew up in the midwest um kind of yeah in in the midwest and my mother uh who is haitian i was just like team don't go in the woods from <laughs> from birth <laughs> and there is like yes there is this you know large cultural thing of like black folks don't go in the woods <laughs> it's like just don't do it and that is you know of course intrinsically linked to the history of enslavement in this country mm-hmm. and racialized violence and i you know the more research i was doing for jackal and also just my own like just wanting to understand like why am I afraid of this place uh I found that it was fascinating because a lot of like free black folks lived in and around the woods uh Mm -hmm. because it's like you had resources you had places to hide in order to navigate between towns to navigate your way north you had to know the woods and so I find it fascinating that the woods at least in my understanding of the historical black experience is both a place of like terror and a place of freedom that is interesting Uh, yeah and i find that super powerful and like there's like you know the creators like the um like the black forager how you know she talks about on her her uh different outlets you know about how like foraging was illegal for black people for a very long time because it meant that you could destroy resources oh yeah oh yeah foraging was Oh, like was illegal for black people to do for a very long time because it meant that you know like we could get food, <laughs> yeah. and not be dependent on systems. It is so wild to look back and how recent stuff like that was in place. There was also that law where it was around like employment and it was like easier for like white women to stay in the home and take care of children, but those resources were not there for black women and they were actually forced to work and work for the white women who were staying at home taking care of their kids and then not being able to take care of their own children. Yeah. Yeah. I remember learning about that. (laughs) 
Like the no. U.S. is crazy, y'all. Like, it, is. it is. And there's always like I feel like I learned something new every day. Like now I learned about the the foraging thing. I did not know about that. Both of my parents came from rural backgrounds, but in totally different ways. Like mm-hmm. my dad grew up in Ohio and he would talk about like, you know, driving out to like go and like pick bushels and bushels of apples and stuff and then bring that in for, cause my family, my dad grew up in a huge family. So like going to like get like wholesale crops essentially. And then he also talked about how at his school they had like an outdoorsing kind of like learning program. And so he hmm. learned how to like survive in the woods. Um, which like some of that knowledge passed on to me when everyone I was working on Jackal, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is how you find your way out. And yeah. I think I, one of my friends read it, she's like, how in the world do you know that? I'm like, my dad <laughs> <laughs> just like told me, told little Aaron. Um, and like, you know, my mom's from Haiti from like a rural, like very rural, like mountainside. Okay. Um, and I guess in there you have the jungle and just all of the folklore that comes with everything there. And yeah, I don't know. There's, I was talking with somebody about, like, cause I've been doing more researching into Haitian folklore, and uh, there was some story I was recounting, and she's like, isn't that terrifying? And I'm like, but that's the point. <laughs> like, there is this, I don't know, at least from my experience growing up with Caribbean parents, if they're going to tell you a scary story, it's going to scare you. Yeah. It's not going to be all sweet and nice at the end. <laughs> I mean, we've got, like, Haitian zombie stories. Yes. Oh my goodness. All that super, super, super fascinating. It is. Yeah. Looking at um, like urban legends set in the woods, and I love how many of them are like, just mind your business. If you hear something like whispering your name, no, you didn't. Just, just keep going. <laughs> Don't pay it any attention. Don't give it power. Just, just keep doing you. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Johnstown, which is where Jack was set and like where I actually grew up. Um, yeah, that's really... <laughs> what it boils down to is like there's there's stuff out there just do not pay attention to it do not engage with it and some of you know some of those folklore I find like they repeat especially you know in places like Pennsylvania um you'll have like the um like whistling at night or you have especially like name call like some something calling your name or it's uh talking to you either in your voice or in a voice that you know you're scaring me right now <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and all of it like really boils down to like it's something trying to get your attention, trying mm-hmm. to call on what should be comforting and familiar, except maybe maybe your own voice not so comforting. Um, no. But the comforting and familiar to like pull you off the path to like to get you lost, so to speak. And I was trying to think if there were anything super duper specific about Johnstown. And then I realized that um Johnstown is not so much like there are specific like it's like oh is there a specific haunted site in Johnstown it's like the whole thing the whole thing is haunted (laughs) um like quick backstory uh Johnstown uh, suffered a catastrophic uh tragic flood um pretty early Mm -hmm. in its development and like 2,000 people died overnight um a bridge the bridge caught fire (laughs) it's it's awful and like it helped founded the red cross peacetime effort uh just huge and so when you have that level of loss of life just 
stories abound. I know there's a couple, the few specifics I can remember is uh, Stone Bridge. So Stone Bridge is the bridge that caught fire um, and it was made of stone. Uh, still caught fire and burned for like, I think a week. And there is always, you know, the good old fashioned, if you drive over it at night and you see somebody on the side of the road, don't pick them up <laughs> kind of thing. Um, oh also in the cemetery, uh, the, um, the Gr Grandview Cemetery, uh, there is a section for the flood victims that couldn't be identified. And there's like oh. 700 people in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, there's also sightings of that, of people seeing like people walking between those unidentified stones or like sitting on them and things. So like, it's the whole place is haunted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was trying to think of like a specific story, but I'm like, it's all of it just at yeah. all time. <laughs> I saw, I feel like whenever I see a tree line, I always think of the witch, the movie. And mm -hmm. it creeps me the heck out. I always think of the scene where like the family sees the land and they're all like holding hands, like so hopeful, just looking out into the tree line. I'm like, no. no. And then of course the like, Anya Taylor Joy playing peekaboo with the baby. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's not even in the woods. That is just like looking at the woods. Yeah, I mean, looking at the woods is also terrifying because most of the time they're like there's no light sources in there, and you're just there's that effect of like the trees, and it's like what's moving in there, what's not moving in there, how far in can you see and what can you see before what in oh the other the other thing that really freaks me out is the idea that something in the woods can see you before you can see yes. it oh, yes <laughs> i mean as i mentioned earlier the trope is like cabin in the woods not beach house no <laughs> though i know there's beach house horror i i definitely remember reading one of the fear street books that was called like the beach house but that's not the horror trope. The horror trope is cabin in the woods. Yes, cabin in the woods that you come upon after a storm or something has stranded you and you have no other options. And then you start looking mm -hmm. around. You're like, who was in this cabin before? Yeah. <laughs> Are they still here? What did they do? What ate them? What didn't eat them? Did they eat something? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes me think of yellow jackets. Um, <gasps> I'm obsessed with yellow jackets oh, i love it it's so good so good but i think even in situations where it's like a planned trip with a group of friends you know yeah gotcha here's life. where I, I like, here's where i get you know the, i'm the confusing one because i'm like i would love to plan a trip into the woods <laughs> as much as i'm here telling you all the stuff that like is so scary and why like you should never go in the trees i'm like but i find peace there like, I think that, like, dichotomy, I guess, yeah. in me, or at least I can only speak for myself, is, I don't know, I, I kind of like getting out of society every so mm -hmm. often. I like, I'm someone who likes walking into the upside down, and I'm like, all right, all the rules are just totally strange here. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is nice. I'm not saying I would not ever be lured by, like, a nice Airbnb where I could, like, have my coffee outside and look at some trees like, yeah I'm not immune to that uh <laughs> but yeah I do love that a place that can bring us peace and comfort can also bring us terror yes I think also something about the woods that is in so I have a theater 
background um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and is very common in theater and a little in some other things. But uh, like the thinking of the woods, especially as a place called the green world. And the green world is essentially a world that has different rules than our own, that you take a conflict that you're dealing with in the real world. You take it into the green world to figure it out. So plays that do this are like Midsummer Night's Dream okay. or As You Like It or um, uh, da, 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 Two Gentlemen Verona. It's like they have to go into the woods, so to speak, haha, to uh, figure out what's going on and bring that solution like back into society by the end. And while like those are comedies and like, you know, they're really fun. I think that that line between horror and comedy is like so fine. Like mm -hmm. there are so many comedies that could be horror, so many horrors that could be comedies if yeah. you push them in a different direction. Definitely. And I feel like the, um, the horrific example of this or like the more spooky example would be, um, <clears throat> ooh, sorry, would be, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green the Green Knight essentially is like the, the more spooky example because he has to you know the green world so to speak comes to him <laughs> and he has to face off against it in many different surreal ways until you know one of the different endings of that is you know like you know the green world wins and like takes over our own and uh, with that I feel like the woods kind of as much as they can be like, you know, a place of relaxation and pleasure, they also freak us out because that the resolution of that conflict is not guaranteed. And there is no guarantee that you're going to survive the green world, so to speak. It's like the con the solution to the conflict might be like, and that's it for you, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. So that's a concept in like that they teach in theater then, like going into the green world. Or like in dramaturgy, uh, mm -hmm. so it's like if you are, dramaturgy is like if you're working on directing a, Mid a Midsummer Night's Dream, it can help you to figure out like how do you want to design the the woods, so to speak, in that uh, mm -hmm. in that play. Because I've, first off, I've been in Midsummer like at least three times, <laughs> and all very different imaginations of what the woods are, like. I was in one where it's like, oh, the woods are all fun and, and like sexy and like technicolor. And then I was in one where it's like, no, these woods are terrifying. Please get everybody out of here. <laughs> like everything is dying and like coming after them. Mm -hmm. And for my money, I really do like it when, especially in comedies like that, where the woods are, they're not the most friendly place to be. I think it makes a bit more sense for at least that kind of story. Um, so yeah, so like that, the green world is something I wouldn't think of it as an actor, but it's something that I would consider as a director or a mm -hmm. designer. Or yeah, uh, I also think that part of what can be really scary about the woods is like, so when you're going in the woods with somebody, you might see a different side of them, uh, and I think this is really well done in the movie Significant Other, where it's this couple who goes into the woods for like you know romantic trekking in the woods, but. As things go on, you're like, mm -mm, somebody here is not who they say they are. And then it gets even worse because, like, oh, somebody here is not what they say they are. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that movie, yeah, took a turn I was not expecting. This episode is brought to you by Fangoria, the world's best horror and cult film magazine since 1979. 
Listeners can use code Books in the Freezer to get 20% off their order. That includes, of course, merchandise and first time subscriptions and single issues of the magazine. Not only are there tons of articles and interviews about upcoming horror movies, there's a regular segment by Stephen Graham Jones all about slashers called Slasher Nation. So you're going to want a copy. So again, that is code books in the freezer. And thank you, Fangoria, for supporting the show. Well, should we talk about some books? Yes. Okay. I want to start off with a graphic novel that I read recently and that was The Low Low Woods by Carmen Maria Machado and Santiani. And this is about Elle and Octavia that live in Shudder to Think. It's like all it's the name of the town. Shudder to Think, <laughs> Pennsylvania, which is a town that is plagued by a mysterious illness that eats away the memories of those affected by it. And so L and V dive deeper into the mystery behind their own lost memories that we see at the beginning of the story and realize that their town holds more dark truth than they could have imagined. And it is up to L and V to keep their town from falling apart and to keep everyone safe from the monsters in Shudder to Think. Mm. I really liked this book. I also think this would pair really well with Jackal because Liz is coming home to this type of town. And this is the story of two girls that are currently experiencing their adolescence, Mm -hmm. like in the same type of town, the monsters and the evil and like the type of story is different, but I just feel like the homecoming versus the like experiencing real time. I think are would be a good a good pairing, and I do. Just, I love Carmen Maria Machado, mm-hmm. so I was <laughs> very excited yeah. to read this. Um, I know I I I want to say I read this through Kindle Unlimited. Like, if you pay for that, you should be able to access that. But I really liked it. Also, was surprised by some of the body horror choices and stuff that I was just not expecting. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, scariness scale i would put this in the fridge there is definitely some body horror elements um i liked a lot of the supernatural stuff like i just i recommend this and that is the low low woods by carmen maria machado and illustrated by danny lovely no i love the low low woods (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah just so good so creepy um, it is, yeah. Then yeah. there's that like town witch that they go to, who's like a little girl. Yes, or presents I mean, as a little girl. I know she's but... decided to appear as that, um, <laughs> which is like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> if, if not to just freak me out even more. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like we can't talk about the woods without talking about um, the. This is the. Um, there's that very long twitter thread that's like if you're a horror writer what stephen king book did you read way too early in life uh and for me that is the girl who loved tom gordon (laughs) i read that book like as a child i should not have read that book when i did uh but it left a lasting impression on me um just to in in the off chance uh, that folks don't know what this book is about um it's essentially about a young girl um 
who becomes lost in the woods as night falls. Uh, she's taking a hike through uh, Maine. That's where all the books set. Through <laughs> Maine, uh, <laughs> New Hampshire, on the Appalachian Trail, uh, and with her her uh, family. And she wanders off by herself as. Uh, we've been chatting about and becomes terribly terribly lost and then has to go through this harrowing journey between forces natural and supernatural in order to have any chance at survival um i love this book uh yes i read it way too early in life but as a kid reading this i it was the first book that i read that like genuinely terrified me and it terrified, and I realized that it was trying to scare me, um, and not like in like that kind of cutesy fun scaring that we we tend to give kids sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it was like, no, you're actually going to be afraid. And I, there's something I swear to God, kids like being scared. They love being scared, <laughs> and I just, I just embraced it and really never looked back. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and there's something about without giving away, you know, the outcome of it, that I just love how for so much of the book, you're like, oh, this is how it's going to go. You think it's going to go one way and then definitely manages to swing the pendulum the other way by the end in a way that feels really well earned, in a way that feels honest, in a way that like, you know, it's not easy. Um, And I love that all this is happening to like a, like, young girl yeah. <laughs> and she's being amazing and she's you know like she well, a lot of stuff happens uh but it's like she's she's gonna do her best to to live and i i know that seeing a character like that as a kid and seeing a character surviving something so harrowing as a kid i just i loved all of it yeah you know when you said you read this as a kid i'm like well it is about a little girl so yeah <laughs> That, that makes sense. Um, I really I think maybe that's why I picked it up when I was little. I was like, oh, this is for me. <laughs> little girl goes hiking. It's totally fine. Nothing bad happens. Um, I don't know what you were talking about. Kids loving to be scared just reminded me. Uh, we went to Lowe's a few days ago. And, you know, they have all their, like, Halloween stuff up. And they have all the, the like, motion censored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite like animatronics but essentially that are there and my daughter just wanted to stand in front of it she wouldn't get close mm-hmm. she was like a few feet apart but she wanted me to keep triggering it and she she didn't want to <laughs> leave it she wanted to stay there and watch this thing like jump scare her or like say something spooky but she didn't want to get close she didn't want to touch it she just <laughs> wanted to like see it from a safe distance <laughs> oh my god no, kids love being scared. I do. <laughs> okay. Um, my next pick is Conjuring the Witch by Jessica Leonard. And I want to say it opens with the sentence, uh, there are witches in the woods. And if it doesn't open with that, that is at least a sentence that comes up a lot. It's a recurring theme in the book. There are witches in the woods. Um, And these words are spoken by the Reverend of the Church, the Lillian Assembly of Our Lord. Um, Steve and Nicole Warby are the main couple who have just moved into this small town where there's really not much going on. Um, It is next to the woods and they start attending this church because that's just kind of like what there is to do. Like that is where the social life is. That's where like (laughs) 
any social stuff is happening is through the church and like church potlucks and church meetings and Bible studies. Um, That is essentially all the socialization you are going to get. Um, So Nicole takes a walk in the woods and comes back changed. Something came out of them with her and the simple small town life they've known is forever altered when they discover dark secrets buried deep and those intent on keeping them there. This was really good. This was a release from Ghoulish Books and I actually talked to Jessica earlier this year. We did an episode on like supernatural horror and I just think there's a lot that this book did really well where honestly the woods are like the least scary part of it when you um look into like what's going on behind the scenes where did this legend come from who benefits from telling this legend and this is one for my religious trauma girlies this is one for my (laughs) yeah my people who like a good dose of female rage in their stories um this was a good book for that so i i really enjoyed it scariness to gail i would also say this is fridge uh there were some moments that were creepy and had like really creepy imagery mm. um it just felt good like the, when that when that rage hit it hit you know yeah yeah <laughs> no we we can all use some rage every now and then oh yeah, yeah. Um, So that is Conjuring the Witch by Jessica Leonard. Okay, so my um, next book when it comes to uh, picking stories uh, about the woods is I have a theater background. So, of course, I have to bring in a musical or play. And, of course, I'm going to be bringing in Into the Woods (laughs) by Stephen Sondheim. Uh, We're following our favorite, our tried and true fairy tales we all know and love and see love well and seeing them in a totally different light so we have the story of cinderella jack and the beanstalk little red riding hood um a baker and his wife are uh, having trouble conceiving a child because the couple's infertile because the witch next door because there's always a witch next door uh has cursed them for stealing her vegetables uh, which has included the magic beans uh, it prompted the witch to be cursed by her own mother uh, for like the curse of age and ugliness. And so she's like, all right, this curse will be lifted if she has brought, you know, the four magical ingredients. The cow is white as milk, the cape is red as blood, the hair, your hair is yellow as corn, the slipper is pure as gold within three days. And if they fail to do so for any reason, basically everyone's going to die. So <laughs> that is, and hence the beggar goes into the woods and shenanigans ensue. Oh my goodness, I love this musical. I love this musical because I love that it's two acts, that the first act we establish, you know, the fairy tales we know so well. Uh, and then the second act, we figure, we find out what happens after Happily Ever After. Yeah. Uh, and things are not happy for a lot of people once they get what they want. And I, I just love how this uh, story talks about, like, childhood having children yourself i love how this uh musical talks about growing up uh i just think so much of it is just so beautiful and so well done and kind of like i was talking about um 
the girl who loved Tom Gordon, it's not afraid to get like a little creepy. It's by, I would say by no means is it like super duper scary, but it does not shy away from talking about some of the more difficult aspects of growing up, the more difficult aspects of life and the more difficult aspects of what happens after you get exactly what you think you want. Um, yeah, I love this. Uh, I would say, it is, it's not spooky at all. Zero spookies. Um, but, uh, but it is, it's definitely uh, something that doesn't shy away from the realities of life, even through the lens of fairy tale and, you know, taking all of our characters into the woods. Yeah. And it's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> it is iconic. I, when I was reciting the, you know, the cow is wide as milk. The cave is red. <laughs> I was like, like into the woods. <laughs> it's like don't sing, Aaron. <laughs> I love that. That is like that is a fun musical. Mm-hmm. Okay, my final book is a YA story. It is "You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight" by Kaylin Barron, and this is about a girl named Charity Curtis who has her dream job playing a final girl at Camp Mirror Lake, where it's essentially a full contact kind of role playing terror game slasher story. So people go to this camp and they kind of know they're signing up to be a part of a storyline where like somebody there is the killer and like people are gonna are gonna die and you have to like figure out who it is and charity is the assigned final girl and so like as you start the story you kind of see like she has to do all these checks and like what goes into uh essentially like running this camp because it's run by the teenagers that work there and like signing people in and out and all the all the fun behind the scenes stuff of just being a camp counselor and seeing a story from that perspective uh but of course since this is a horror novel uh, the slasher part of it does turn real in a way that they were not expecting and they have to send people home and run into the woods and fight for their lives. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when your coworkers start ending up dead, I guess, you know, things are, yeah, things like are going like, a bad way. That's a problem. You can't have that. I really liked this book and I kind of liked the lore and the the place where it went. You know, they do, it's a lot of them, you know, running away from the person pursuing them into the woods. And it is, of course, like coming upon the house of the person that lives in the woods and, of course, like knows the history of what's going on. And they're like, it's happening again. Let me tell you, let me pull out my newspaper clippings and explain. (laughs) I just happen to have a handy dandy scrapbook that can explain this all the way. Oh. Um, I love tropes. I love yes. when I love when anything, a movie, a book, anything is just like, hello, we're gonna be in tropes today and just like leans all the way into it. Oh, so fun. It is fun as a viewer when I'm like, you did the thing, you did the thing. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> like I said, I really liked the lore. I liked the the way the characters were and like how you don't know who you can trust like as you learn more you kind of start to distrust like the small cast of characters like more and more and I don't want to say more about like where it goes but it was it was interesting it was a fun a fun time if you're looking for a nice like YA slasher um so rating wise I would say this is room temperature but I had a good time with it it was fun (laughs) so that is you're not supposed to die tonight by Kaylin Barron Ooh. yes I have to grab that I 
as I was, I've been saying, I am a chaotic neutral when it comes to readership, and I just like go into bookstores and libraries and grab things. So <laughs> that's the best way to do it, though. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this looks cool. Throw it, throw it, put it in the cart. Um, so for my last selection, I have a uh, root work by Tracy Cross. Um, so set in small a small Louisiana parish, deep in segregated South, Rootwork follows school-age sisters Betty, Anne, and Peewee during one life-changing summer when the three of them head off to stay with their hoodoo-practicing aunt, Theodora. She's a powerful woman feared by the local townspeople. Teaches the girls the secrets of her craft, like how to make hot foot powder and how to whip up some gopher dust to get back at an enemy. The girls delight in their harmless hoodoo adventures until a tragic event involving the town's racist sheriff promises to change their lives forever. Um, this book, I, I mean, I read it in an afternoon. It's uh, just, it takes you from the beginning and just like takes you through this very powerful, it's like moving story that is, you know, kind of uh, playing with all the, all the uh, things we've been talking about, like playing with, adolescence and homecoming and girlhood and uh growing up and also blending in like the rich cultural black spiritual practices that take place in and around the woods and how the woods mm-hmm. are a site of trauma and a site of freedom yeah. uh, and I think this book just really masters that blend so well mm-hmm. and though it's you know on the shorter side again you could read it in like one sitting uh it's something it's a book that will just very much stick with you long after you've read it like there's still lots of things to chew on and I love books that do that I love books that you know kind of that that just that give me Mm -hmm. so much uh so much just to think about to consider um I would rate it at like everything included (laughs) i would rate it um at like a solid like a fridge level you know you have to take into your account how much you can tolerate trauma um but i think it's something that is you know things get scary uh and just in disturbing and eerie but in a way that just feels incredibly powerful by the end I love that. I also love mm-hmm. that all of your your picks have kind of embodied the dichotomy of the woods of like yeah. the the terror, but the the healing nature of it. Yeah. Oh, one thing I was going to mention about uh, "You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight" is that the author is definitely a horror fan, and I love that when there's little Easter eggs. But the sheriff is named Sheriff Lillard, and I'm like. <gasps> like a Matt Lillard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also love Easter eggs. I love yeah. little callbacks. Like, yeah. it's me very excited. Um, and then there was two other things I wanted to mention. This is not even really horror as much as it's a, a mystery thriller. But Tana French's "In the Woods." It's the start of the Dublin Murder Squad series. Yes. It's I see so those good. hands. Yes, my, I, I'm raising my hands. Uh, you out there? I see those hands. I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved this book. I think it's about like ten years old now, yeah. or just yeah. about, which is wild to think. But I was obsessed with Tana French's Dublin Murder Squad, 
And I just think if you haven't picked this one up, definitely, definitely do so. Uh, Then I know there was a few authors that released books as part of an Amazon series called like the Creature Feature series. Joe Hill and Paul Tremblay. Josh Mallerman's story was called It Waits in the Woods. And it was about this urban legend about this like thing that lives in the woods. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about two sisters. And one of them is a filmmaker. And her sister disappeared in the woods like two years ago. But she's convinced that she's like still out there. So she's like going out there with her camera to find her sister or document what she can find. Like she goes beyond the the scary bridge she's not supposed to go down. <laughs> oh, man. So that was a good one. That I wanted to mention. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. One of the traditions we have on the show is to ask our guests for a chilling obsession or something they've been enjoying. So what is your <laughs> chilling obsession? <laughs> Okay, I only laugh because I know a few of my friends who listen to this are going to be like, oh my god, Aaron, still. (laughs) My chilling obsession, it's evergreen. I am obsessed with Mount Everest, Um, especially people climbing Mount Everest and and everything about it is fascinating to me. (laughs) like the dead zone there's like a place where like every every second you're in the dead zone you are actively dying and you only have a certain amount of time to reach the summit yeah or else you will die up there and then if you do die up there your body they can't retrieve your body it's just like it everything about (laughs) Mount Everest like that is that is my Roman Empire as I actively think about the and also like the inherent classism around it like you have to pay Mm -hmm. thousands upon thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. to do this so that means you have like these very it's um talk about like psychological suspense you have these very distinctive personality types climbing this mountain and just ooh, just rife for fascinating and like terrible human interactions with people um and it's definitely one of those uh those it's one of those places where i feel like a lot most of the time the real life stories of what happened to people on that mountain are far more terrible and terrifying than like any sort of lore behind it also that like you know like many things climate change global warming is making it totally different to climb and there's the whole political um 
the whole political like drama or with like having there are Sherpas who climb Mount yeah. Everest over and over and over again and like lead these people up and down the mountain for like mm-hmm. that's what they do for their entire lives and yet yeah. they're also they're like we're losing them I the everything about Mount Everest fascinates me sometimes I just I don't know I like looking at the fascinating and the terrible in humanity <laughs> That is fascinating. Like, I want you to give a TED Talk. Or I love those TikToks <laughs> that are like, what could you talk about for 30 minutes uninterrupted? And you're like, Mount, Mount Everest. Everest. And I will sit there for that talk. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I know. I think about the the dead bodies up there. Oh, yeah. And just the amount of preparation that goes into it. And yeah, like the type of, yeah, one privilege you have to have to even attempt that. But then, yeah, the type mm-hmm. of personalities that feel the need to do that yeah yeah it's yes yeah that's that's mine (laughs) that's my obsession I love that um I recently I'm only like 40 years late to this um I recently started watching Unsolved Mysteries (gasps) with Robert Stack I love 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 unsolved <laughs> mysteries i mean yeah like 40 years but like it is ever again it's it evergreen yeah. i will probably now when i'm done working for today i might go watch an episode <laughs> they're so good but i love the supernatural stuff mm-hmm. and it's so fascinating to think about the the satanic panic angle that was spun on so many of these stories where they're like also tom had started listening to heavy metal music (laughs) and then there was one where yeah like there was an unexplained death of a young person and it's like he was a part of a role-playing group that was interested in medieval role-playing and he had recently started playing dungeons and dragons and i'm like and you felt that these things were relevant to this and then like people are like i just think he discovered a dark underbelly to those things (laughs) the dark underbelly of dungeons and dragons and they're interviewing like this lady in like full like medieval regalia and she's like no this is just a role-playing like fun time (laughs) it had nothing to do with this i promise you (laughs) oh my goodness oh Um, wow yeah. Another thing that I could probably talk about for 30 minutes is satanic panic. Like the the, the leaps, the leaps of judgment. Oh my God. It's just so wild to just see it firsthand, like mm-hmm. from like, yeah, 2023 perspective. Like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Um, just how blatant it was and how like enmeshed it was into how how crimes were presented and investigated. And I just can't believe it. Yeah. Um but yeah, our second tradition we have on this podcast is to ask our guests for a, a final girl song. So if you were the final girl in a horror movie, what would be your song? All right. So I'm a huge fan of an a la EDM beat drop. Um, and this song has one of the most epic beat drops I've heard in a while. <laughs> um, but it's Little Girl Gone by Chinchilla. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to go listen to that like immediately and picture like a final girl scenario. Okay. Like what are the vibes? Like what are you what are like, you imagining? The vibes. Okay. This song is definitely like 
everything looks bleak and lost. Like you're bleeding, something's broken. You're like, this is it. Like everything's going to be done. And then like the final girl or me as final girl, like you just like reach into something like deep in your core and just like, boom, (laughs) like you just fight back and you like right when the killer thinks that they've cornered you you're just like guess again you <laughs> just beat them within an inch of their life and oh it's my God, just I like love that. a boom. fake out yes it is a total fake out moment it's yeah i will be adding that to the playlist <laughs> All right, well where can people find you online yeah, so uh, my website is uh, Um And then when it comes to the socials, uh, it's pretty easy. It is I am E.E. Adams on all the things. That is my handle on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Blue Sky, Threads. There's so many. Now. There's so many. <laughs> but, I, but I managed to get that handle for all of them. <laughs> nice nice i think i was able to get books in the freezer for everything except x i think i don't remember if it was too long or something but i'm like books freezer pod there okay i don't know i didn't realize that twitter i, I mean i guess they could yeah. be too long i also refuse to call it x it's twitter like what is I what know. is elon doing no <laughs> i i just honestly have not even been on there in weeks like i can't i just can't yeah, I'm only, I should probably put that as like updates only at this point for me. Yeah. Because I'm just like, it's like, oh, this happened. Here's a thing. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a TikTok Instagram person right now. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Uh, well, anyway, thank you so much for <laughs> taking yeah. time to come here and chat with me. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was a nice, you know, break from my very like packed weekend. I always yeah. like to sit down and like talk about stuff that makes me really excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot here. I mean, there's Mount Everest, there's the woods, there's <laughs> Satanic Panic. It's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. What's not to love? <laughs> Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday, as I mentioned in the episode. I'm not spending a lot of time on Twitter or X at the moment. You can find me mostly on TikTok and Instagram and threads at Books in the Freezer. I am also on Blue Sky, but I haven't quite like gotten into a groove over there yet. There's too many social medias. Too many, honestly. Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes can be found at booksinthefreezer.com. There you will find links to the books mentioned in the episodes, as well as links to different ways to support the podcast. There you will find affiliate links, as well as links to Patreon and TeePublic, where we have merch for the podcast. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Instagram at that's what she read. That is that's with two A's. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. Mm -hmm.